Welcome to the Azure Podcast, a weekly podcast to keep you up to date on what's new on our cloud platform, Microsoft Azure. Your hosts, Cynthia Crane, Evan Basilic, Suji DeMello, Kendall Roden, Kel Teeter, and Russell Young discuss a different service or solution on each show with subject matter experts to explain how to get started, how different services work, and how to make decisions in tricky scenarios. You can find out more about our podcast at azpodcast.com or follow us on Twitter at Azure Podcast. Well, welcome back to the Azure Podcast. This is episode number 433 uh, being recorded on the 4th of August, 2022. I'm here with uh, Evan and we're going to talk about uh, another service that doesn't get a whole lot of coverage today. But before we get there, uh, I think Evan has some news that he'd like to talk about. News, uh, Evan? Sure. Yeah, I, I, um, a couple of things. Um, so one, um, if you use Windows, um, Windows requires activation for full functionality. By the way, I do want to dispel a myth. You don't have to activate it for it to run. There's just, we're going to put nasty grams. And if we audit you, you you know, we'll make you pay money. Um, at that point, but everything works. So I hear people all the time worried about that. But we're we're changing the KMS DNS servers in Azure. Um, there's some new IP addresses that are published. So you know, for customers that are you know that block a lot of traffic and they explicitly allow this, they're going to need to update the the IPs. Um, I think the I think the old ones will stay on for like six or eight months. So it's not a you should get ready for it and you should go make your changes. But you know, obviously nothing's going to break tomorrow. Um, the other thing um, is Azure Firewall. Um, Premium um, is now, and I had to go look this up, but it's ICSA Labs certified for intrusion protection. And this actually makes the Azure Firewall Premium service the only firewall that is, I'm sorry, the, yeah, the only firewall that is both firewall, so sort of standard traffic, and intrusion protection certified, right? And this, for anybody that wasn't aware of this certification, I had to go take a look at it myself because I wasn't familiar with it. They, they basically put real traffic through these things, you know, or, um, you know, sort of a mix of some real and some standard tests and making sure everything gets blocked that should get blocked and, you know, make sure it doesn't block things that they don't expect. So it's, it's a test bed for these firewalls, but it's great because it really says a third party says that, yes, the firewall does the things you expect it to do, right? Which is super, super concerning, right? We all want to make sure that our firewalls block what we want them to block. Um, and then the last thing, and, and you should take note of this, nobody ever gives away anything for free, but we are changing our IPv6 addresses uh, from a paid offering to a free offering, right? This is really, I, I suspect, uh, this is just me reading between the lines, but I, you know, IPv6, there's a lot more of them. And we really, you know, as an industry, we really want people to start moving to that. So I think this is our, you know, sort of olive um, uh, branch in that direction of, try, of hoping to get people to move. It's good, yeah. It's uh, nice to see something coming free uh, for yes, a change. Really. Uh, <laughs> now I will, have to learn how uh, to encourage say, people to, to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sajid. I was going to say it's probably hoping they're hoping to encourage people to to use yeah. the IPv6 as well, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't. Even, I mean, the, the what the number of IPv6 addresses out there is, I don't know, some really really big number. Um, functionally infinite versus IPv4, we ran out of several years ago, like they're all mapped, everybody, you know, right. that's, you know, and um, the only downside is I'm going to have to learn how to say IPv6 addresses. Those are, this, how many is those it? Are like tough. 16 octets? Or what it's is it? like six, it's like, I don't know, I think it's like eight octets or something like that. And there's, yeah. and there's rules for like how you can describe some of it when you shorten it and stuff. And 
I, I don't know. I just have it stuffed that in my brain. I guess stuff like this means I'm going to have to at some point. By the way, I like uh, the look with the glasses. It looks nice. <laughs> yeah, th- thanks for pointing out that, that the universe has decided I'm officially old. Um, and I do need reading glasses right now. My wife is uh, super happy about that fact because she picked them up a couple of years ago. Um, and now I have to wear them. Yes. Yeah. Thanks to G. What are friends for? That's right. <laughs> it, it looks good on you. So yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to say. Um, yeah. So maybe we'll uh, get started on our topic for today, uh, then, um, uh, which is uh, the Azure Relay Service. And uh, I don't think, uh, you know, I got to say, I'm not, not many people it, yeah. have heard of this service, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to say something that sounds conflicting, two statements. One is uh, what we just said is it's a service that probably not many people have heard of. It's, it's, it's not very, I don't know how much it's used, but it's certainly not well as, as well known as any other service that we have in Azure. Yeah. Uh, but the conflicting statement is that, believe it or not, this is one of the first services I used in Azure about eight years ago. I said that okay. means it's been around for a while. It's a, the, exactly the point I wanted to make. Thank you. Uh, is that you know, it's? I'm glad that you know uh, Microsoft has kept this service in Azure uh, and has seen the uh, importance of it. Uh, so it used to be called a Service Bus Relay. Okay, so folks oh, may remember it from that. from that name. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. So now it's ringing a bell, right? Uh, and uh, they so now they've renamed it to I don't know when they not recently, but it's been currently it's been renamed to Azure Relay Service. Okay, right. just sent on its own. But uh, there's a lot that it does share with Service Bus, and, and in fact, if you look up the pricing of the uh, of the Service Bus uh, Azure uh, Relay uh, service, it's kind of associated a little bit with Service Bus pricing. Mm-hmm. It, you're not paying anywhere as much as what you would pay for uh, Service Bus pricing, and we can talk about that later. But it kind of, uh, you know, I like to think of it as in being part of the Service Bus family, right? That's okay. that's how you think about the Relay service. And 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 why is that? Why why would it be part of that that same family? You know, if you just take a step back and say, you know, what does um, Service Bus do for you? It allows two two parties. If you're writing an app and I'm writing an app, we can talk to each other using Service Bus. Correct. You put messages on the queue. I pull them off the queue on my end. I don't need to know where you you are. You don't need to know where I am. Right. And it and it and it layers in a sync. It becomes asynchronous at that point as well, right? So I just sort of throw it over the wall to you. You get that's it whenever a, you around. Okay. And that's and that's that's adds a layer on top called brokered messaging, right? Yeah. So there's a broker on top, which is what you just described, where I I don't have to be around when you send me the message. You just put it over there. I pick it up whenever I come up for it. Okay. So service bus lets both of us communicate with each other using this common point mm-hmm. or. The meeting place, uh, the term that they use is the rendezvous point, right? So they, they, we meet at the rendezvous point, which is the service bus namespace itself that you create. Mm-hmm. And then you send and receive messages through that rendezvous point, right? So that's the that's the nice thing about service bus. Now, Azure uh, Relay service kind of gives you a same the same kind of feature but you don't have you don't have the rendezvous. Let's say we take away the rendezvous, the fact that I'm sorry, take away the brokered uh, component. Okay, you still need a place where two applications can meet in the cloud, right? You don't you you want to talk to me, I want to talk to you, but we don't have to know where each other is. Mm-hmm. We can still use the same concept of a namespace or a meeting place in the cloud. Uh, however, both of us have to be on at the same time, right? So oh, I have so it to be alive. So it now becomes synchronous, exactly, okay. right? Okay. 
so think of a synchronous uh, uh, connection rendezvous in the cloud between two applications is the best way to describe the Azure Relay service, right? And 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 that's also why it's uh, it's somewhat connected to Service Bus because it's the same paradigm except it's as you said it's asynchronous. One is asynchronous and the other one is synchronous. Okay. So, so is is I'm trying to I'm sort of trying to get this in my head. So it, would an analogy be um, email would be service bus, right? So I send an email and you get it later and you read it later. And the system just sort of makes sure I just send it. I don't I don't know how it gets there, whatever. Right. And then chat would be closer to the relay service where you and I, I mean, I guess, yeah, there is offline chat, but conceptually the, the point of chat is that you and I are talking sort of real time and it doesn't do me a whole lot of good to post a question if you're not there to, to answer right. it. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so, so that's so that's like you know one way to think about it. Now, why do people use it? Like, what's the what's the reason why you would want something like this? So, the the original reason why the relay uh, the service bus relay uh, was created is to allow um, companies to host uh, applications on site without having to open up any firewall. Mm-hmm. One of the beauty of um, of this model is that they only have to do an outbound connection to Azure. So let's suppose they are having an application in uh, their data center, right? And they want to expose it, but they, you know, as with any uh, company, uh, the moment you say, "Oh, punch a f- hole through the firewall," it goes back to that know. firewall conversation we yeah, were having. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody is like, uh, you know, running around in, in a circle, wondering what to do. Yeah. So. Uh, the easiest thing is say, hey, don't 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 uh, open up the firewall, right? Just allow an outbound connection, which most uh, I think uh, companies don't have a problem with that, right? Mm-hmm. Allowing outbound traffic. So uh, you establish this outbound connection from your application running on premises to this meeting place in the cloud, the rendezvous point, right? Uh, and that's established and it's fixed there. Now, if uh, another uh, application wants to talk to your application, they have to just talk to that meeting place in the cloud, right, into into the rendezvous point. They don't need to know where you are, that you're behind a firewall, it doesn't matter. They're just connecting to that endpoint, which is in the cloud, as if it's you, right? It almost seems like it's it's your application sitting in the cloud, but it's not really sitting in the cloud, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they'll just talk to it using the normal protocols. Uh, we can talk about some of the various protocols that are available, but let's just think the simple HTTP protocol. Yeah. They can establish yeah. a simple HTTP connection there, uh, send some authorization information, and they're connected to you, right? And uh, But your application is actually sitting in the data center. Once the connection is established, you can go back and forth and exchange uh, traffic just like you would any other uh, web uh, application paradigm, for example. <clears throat> so, so this sounds like, and and, and I don't, I'm just sort of theorizing because I don't know for sure, but like if you think about the way um, Power BI has its, um, I think they call it their on-premises connector or something like that, um, uh, you know, there have been variants of that over the years. SQL, I think SQL Server had one at, at some point. Um, that, that's got to be that's conceptually it's sort of that same leverage mechanism where that's be, being the interface back to the service that I don't even know where it is, but I'm I'm doing an outbound connection at that point. I'm not allowing Power BI to come talk to my, you know, my SQL Server on premises directly. It's it's going through this relay, but really the relay is going out making that you know sort of passing the information back and forth exactly as necessary. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, if, if you're going to host, uh, like I, I believe, like a lot of our internal services are using this uh, Azure Relay uh, to expose uh, services out to the internet. 
primarily because you know many of them started way back when yeah. when we yeah. used to have our own data center right uh, and then eventually now we're in azure but they're still hosting it in azure uh, but still using same that way. same paradigm yeah. uh, not having to worry about uh, this problem yeah. so uh, you know if, if you expose the applications that way right the question is you know how many applications can how many instances can you keep on site so currently you're allowed to have i think up to 25 instances of your application running on premise right so if you have a farm of servers on uh, oh, on site okay. yeah. that is hosting yeah. your service you can have up to 25 of them connected to the same rendezvous point the same relay in the cloud and uh, you can have up to 5,000 connections uh, coming in into that endpoint. So there's that's currently the uh, some of the numbers that we have to deal with uh, when we talk about this. Now, uh, the uh, interesting thing is, you know, how does this uh, system work, right? Uh, what's the uh, what's the um, kind of connection protocol that makes it all work? Uh, so there is uh, the concept of a gateway in uh, in this in this setup That's over here. That's what call Power BI. Yeah. I was trying to think of the name. Yeah. Yes. So uh, there and uh, in fact uh, all of these uh, things uh, services uh, that you mentioned they call them hybrid connections typically okay. right yeah. and in fact that is also what it is known as in uh, in Azure Relay Service you create a hybrid connection so the hybrid connection is that uh, point in the cloud that everybody is connecting to okay. Now, uh, when you create this uh, uh, hybrid connection out there, uh, what happens? It uh, it gets uh, it goes. You connect to the nearest gateway in Azure, right? It'll connect. It'll connect you to the nearest gateway that's closest to you. That gateway will register you inside uh, something called the gateway store, which is a database that has that knows where everybody is, right? Now, if I am connecting somewhere else to another gateway, and I say I want to talk to Evan's application, which is registered here. Right, it'll look, I'll look up and uh, it'll look me up in the gateway store and say, "Hey, Evans over here." Uh, so why don't you talk to him directly here, right, into into this gateway? Ah, gotcha. This way, yeah. because they want they want uh, you know if I'm going to talk to you, it's no point us going you know taking a round circuitous route. We should be talking to each other very quickly through the same gateway if if possible. And so this way you get redirected. I get redirected temporarily to this gateway here, so that we can have a quick conversation uh, with a minimum latency uh, through this local gateway right here. So that's kind of roughly how the uh, uh, how the thing works. And now you you have when it comes to authentication, you have a couple of options. You can make this uh, this uh, hybrid connection unauthenticated if you want to, which would mean anybody could connect in there, and then you deal with authentication in another way. Or you can inquire require authentication. Authentication can be done using standard connection strings, right, just like we do with Service Bus today. Mm -hmm. You know, you create all the shared access policies, uh, and uh, you, you can get like um, an access token and whatnot exactly. in the connection yeah. string. Okay. So you can you can do it that way. Uh, uh, but uh, another way you can do this is uh, by uh, simply using AAD, right? Okay. So just standard AAD authorization. Uh, you get a token. You know the usual libraries you can use to authorize with AAD, and then you connect uh, using uh, you know the OAuth OAuth mechanism. Does that mean that I'm, if I'm using AD in that mechanism, am I limited to um, connecting as a user, or can I use service principles, anything else that can get a, you know, a token functionally? Yeah, anything. You can use service principles uh, as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's also. So my app can do it. I don't have to do it as a user. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so that uh, answers the, you know, this kind of security question. Uh, so then it comes to, you know, how do I build these kind of apps, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we're building apps for this. Uh, so you could build, uh, 
Today we support .NET, Java, and Node.js. Those are the three kind of frameworks that we support for building relay style applications. Uh, I'll take .NET because that's the easiest one and one that I'm most familiar with. Uh, in fact, the easiest uh, way to uh, host an ASP.NET Core application that connects to their Azure Relay service takes one line of code that you have to put in your app. It just says use oh, Azure simple. Relay. You say dot yeah. use Azure Relay, give it the connection string, and yours, you can run your, I can run it on my computer, I can run my ASP.NET app right here, and anybody in the world can access it, right? Just through the Relay endpoint. That's how that's how cool it is. Mm -hmm. So that's the easiest way. Similarly, you could build things like reverse proxies, right? You've heard the term reverse proxies. Mm -hmm. So let's say I have a website running internally, and I want to expose that website to the world, but I don't want to do this thing. You can create a simple, write a simple reverse proxy and say, hey, yeah, this uh, little um, old uh, legacy website that I have here in the in, on site. Anybody on the world in the world can access it through the through the hybrid connection uh, through the uh, rendezvous point, and as long as they're authenticated and whatnot, you know they can they can get to it. So uh, that's another common scenario for using the Azure Relay, right? Is so one is just hosting an ASP.NET Core, the other one is making uh, writing a small application that serves as a robust proxy uh, into some other website that you have uh, internally, and uh, and then the uh, and then the third is just uh, you know. The most simplest is just having a simple HTTP connection on both sides, right? You, you, again, the, the client, the person who's connecting to you, doesn't have to know anything about the relay. It thinks it's connecting to a normal web website, web service, right? So the, whatever the URL is going to be different, or can I still put this behind like a DNS, you know, EvansCoolAPI.com or something? Or do I need to like, do I need to know the relay address to? Uh, you need to know. Yeah, yeah. You have to use the relay address that's part of the connection string. So this is very similar to how ah, we okay. do service bus. So yeah, it's typically yeah. okay. your namespace dot uh, you know uh, window whatever configure. Okay. Is, uh, so it, it, so at the end of the day, it is a it is a URI. It's just going to be sort of the defined. Yeah. One for it's, service bus rather than anything exactly, I yeah. create. It's actually okay. even starts with sb colon slash slash you know the usual yeah. uh, namespace uh, URL. So yeah, so uh, you still have to use that on both sides, but uh, you you kind of talk to it right uh, in um, and now this again I'm, t I'm, t I'm talking about from the uh, from your internal application registering, okay? Mm -hmm. From the outside coming in, you can talk to it as a normal HTTP connection. So there you don't need to know the service bus because it's exposed as a normal HTTP endpoint to the world. Ah, uh, internally, you. okay. you're connecting to it yeah. as if it's a special service bus connection. There's a hybrid connection you're establishing. But externally, it's like, oh, here's my HTTP endpoint, right? And the URL is exactly uh, the same. I think that's probably what you're asking. Can you, yeah, can you, a, can yeah, you mask? Yeah. And you probably can, just using the normal okay. uh, DNS aliasing or uh, whatever, uh, C record okay. or something of that nature. I'm sure you could do that. I haven't tried it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, you, you can connect to that using HTTPS and, you know, Away you go. What what about protocols? We we sort of mentioned that earlier. I mean, HTTP is is I mean these days almost everything talks it. Even even some servers, even some apps that don't don't really know HTTP, we wrap it inside of HTTP these days. But can I do you know you know TCP? Can I do UDP? Can I do you know TDS, which is SQL Server? Like what are what capabilities from a protocol perspective? So uh, you could do uh, WebSockets uh, out of okay. the boxes of the programmatic support is for WebSockets and HTTP, right? Okay. There's also a third one, which is older. Uh, I don't know if you remember this. It used to be called WCF Relay. 
right? And so yeah. if you do use Windows Communication yeah. Framework, which yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm sure there are folks out there that use it, sure. you can. Um, there's a whole separate uh, setup for WCBRI. In fact, that was the original incarnation of okay. uh, of the uh, uh, relay service. It only supported WCBRI back in the day when I first started using. That's how I started using it. It evolved into something that's uh, much more modern now, supporting WebSockets and HTTP yeah. as well. Okay. So yeah. So it. it, it but so, to answer so really, your question. But, 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 but yeah, so I think but basically what you're saying is anything that can talk HTTP is probably the mainline scenario for this, which, again, these days, almost everything, right, is really using HTTP. I mean, that's, you know. If you're not using it directly, you can tunnel yeah. it on HTTP yeah. or tunnel it on yeah. WebSockets or something like that, right? Yep. There's always ways to do it. Yeah, so yep. technically, you could expose even a SQL server inside, outside, if you wanted to, by making sure that it was wrapped correctly, you know, tunneled correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, now, uh, you know, I wanted to cover one last thing, and, you know, we do have a lot of uh, services in Azure that are of the style gateway, right? And I just wanted to mm -hmm. clarify, uh, I've added one more to that mix over here by, by by talking about Azure Relay Service. Of course, we talked about Service Bus, which is another form, but then in the traditional networking sense, uh, we have things like, uh, you know, uh, App Gateway, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's... Uh, Way where you can allow incoming traffic into your network. That's a more modern it's way a proxy, of doing it. Basically, at that point, it's a, yeah. yeah, it's a level, it's a layer seven proxy yeah. coming yeah. in, right? Then we have something called NAT gateway, which is essentially allows you to all your internal resources to share a common IP address on the internet, right? Like you said, you want to preserve your public IP addresses, so you can have one public IP address connected to your NAT gateway, and all your VNets can be uh, funneled through that uh, egress uh, channel. Uh, then uh, there is also something called the local network gateway, which is used primarily to connect uh, um, and over express route to connect your uh, on-premises network oh, with, hybrid, a, with, a VNet, with a VNet with yeah. a in the uh, in Azure, right? So, and then the the biggest of all is of course API gateway, right? Uh, uh, API management, sorry, mm -hmm. which is uh, the the biggest uh, um, most complex complex form of uh, of uh, incoming routing where you can you know offer all features like you can you can you can modify messages on the way in and responses on the way out uh, you can do all sorts of fancy authentication mechanisms things like that right so that that is the most uh, uh, elaborate form of gateway right so gateway has a number of incarnations in azure and it's important for users to understand all of the options and use one that makes most uh, sense for them but uh, you know the azure relay service uh, um, you know, from a cost perspective, I was looking it up. It, it costs like I think like ten dollars a month uh, to okay. run it. Yeah, you get five thousand yeah. gigabytes, so it's quite cheap it's a lot of compared data to some of the uh, some of the yeah. other features. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, that's you know that's uh, you you want to take that into account uh, when you're designing your solutions as well. Yeah, so it sounds like everything else, right? I mean, if you can get away with the sort of the simple, you know, inexpensive one, do it, right? There's no reason to sort of grow go all the way up to app gateway in terms of, or I'm sorry, to uh, API management in terms of complexity, because now you got to configure it and manage it and, and like at that point. Yeah. And uh, it has come with Azure Monitor support, so you can, you know, you can get metrics out of it. Uh, if you feel messages are getting lost and you can't figure it out, there's a way to enable diagnostic logs, so you can, you know, get some more detailed logging to see what's going on. So it has, you know, all of the things that we uh, uh, can appreciate about most Azure services, you know, in terms of uh, support and reliability. Of course, that's 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 all there. 
No, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we, we joke about this sometimes, but, you know, Azure's been around a long time. There's a lot of, you know, new services all the time, but some of the older ones are, they really have a niche and they fill that niche really well and they, they still exist and people should still be using them. This sounds like a great example of that. Yeah. This is one I forgot actually is called the Fluid Relay service, which is one of our newest services, uh, okay. Azure Fluid Relay. Uh, and so again, not to confuse with Azure Relay, uh, but Fluid Relay implements the Fluid framework in Azure, which is a framework that's used for data synchronization. Yeah, so if you have applications and many people using the same app and you want to make sure data is kept in sync across all of the, the mobile devices, for example, yeah, you can connect through this Fluid Relay framework, which allows you to you know, all of them rendezvous in the same point in the cloud, but then it has some backend logic which lets you move uh, data bits around and keeps them in sync and whatnot. So that's a, a little more elaborate than just mm -hmm. Azure Relay because it, it's uh, it's got some logic and uh, compute in the back that Microsoft provides to help you keep your data in sync. Uh, so again, that's it. Just has the word Relay in it, so it can be confusing at times. Uh, uh, just make sure we're talking the right relay service when you try to spin one up. Either it's Azure Relay or Azure Fluid Relay. <laughs> yeah, only so many words we can put together to string this together, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's kind of uh, my little uh, you know uh, understanding and use of uh, Azure Relay, and I hope our listeners can uh, appreciate what it does and take advantage of it when whenever they feel the need for it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, if, as we look at the comments and the feedback, I'd be curious to know if anybody out there is, you know, an audience is still using it what you're using it for, right? Again, is it something yep. you've had forever or is this, you know, you're actively developing? Yeah, exactly. I suspect it's a mix of both, right? Yep. Like anything else. So, okay, awesome. Well, cool. Good. It's been a while since we've had a chance to talk to Sajit. So, you know, I've been on vacation. Um, and so, yeah, well, good to see you again. Thank you. Same here. Okay. Get to you later. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have any thoughts, questions, or just want to connect, find us on Twitter at Azure Podcast. Background music has been taken from ccmixer.org under the Creative Commons license. We hope you'll tune in again soon to keep learning with us.